Brothers and sisters, may the peace that can only come from the one God be upon you. We are here to tell the people that we hear you. One God will not allow us and people of conscience to lose our morale. We see the crimes of this government, how they support every dictator and criminal on this earth. Sometimes you can feel down. Testing one two one two. Testing one two one two. You have tuned into Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of You Call That Radio. I'll be your host and the special guest today. I just thought episode one, I should just ramble myself for a bit and give you a bit of background on. Me. It's not all about me though. We've, I've been interviewing some brilliant, wonderful, kind, clever people for about four months now. So there's lots of special guests coming up on this podcast, radio show, whatever it is. We're just going to start with a podcast, but we do have plans to build on this thing. We're building a thing. Basically, we're building a stage. Where we want to shine a spotlight on people that deserve more praise and people that already get praise, but maybe they deserve a wee bit more and share ideas and concepts. I'm going to try and give tips and advice that I've learned over the last 10 years, nearly 10 years working in the creative industries or just basically things not to do. Oh, they didn't work for me. And there's been a lot of that. There'll probably be some chat about everything. Everything you can imagine. I'm going to try my very best to be honest, which will probably take me a bit of time. It took years of giving a fuck to appear like not giving a fuck on stage. But once I hit that kind of vibe, sitting with a voice recorder in a room myself, will be onto something big and stupid that most people will hate and that's when the rest of us can really start to enjoy ourselves Uh, I like podcasts I've been listening to them for ages it's a good way for me to unwind and I used to listen to music to relax but I'm too involved in music now I start listening to the bass guitar and wondering how they got that sound so I think podcasts for me I'm a big fan of I've been wanting to do this for a a few years now, and one thing or another, it was always time, money, just the general fear of of not wanting to be shite at it. But I always tell my friends that don't know his stuff that they just need to get it out there. So that's what I'm doing. I think if you stick with me for a few episodes, I'll figure it out and we can end up having something really good here. Uh, and the format will be in the future, me talking to some brilliant guests and there'll probably be some comedy skits involved they will maybe be further down the line some radio lab style editing once I get a wee bit quicker and niftier and I'd love to end each song with each show with a new song from a new artist but I'm not really sure how the copyright thing works right now so I'm not going to bother with that at the minute so yeah I just want to do this because I think it's going to be fun to do And I think that 
all the people I'm talking to are, inspire me in some level and hopefully they'll inspire you as well and there, I think there's I think the I think people should like to hear these people you should want to hear what these people I've got to say and rather than me just ramble on for an hour myself because I'm not used to this this is weird for me I mean I do talk a lot but there's usually other people to talk at so uh, I'm just going to ask the internet and my patrons we've already got patrons we've already got patrons on Patreon which is a website that's sponsoring this whole thing so if you do want to if you like what you hear today and over the next few episodes you can sponsor and join the Mince and Tatties crew for £2 a month I think it's $3 so I think it's about £2 Uh, that's on patreon.com forward slash you call that radio and there's higher tiers if you want to get more stuff and then there's like a business one as well if you want to get an advert on it I don't want to do actual corporate advertising at any level but if there's a wee local business or an independent business that wants to get their name out there we'll make you some random jingles or weird adverts that hopefully everyone will enjoy and anyway that's the general gist of it. We'll try and build a podcast first and then we'll try and move on to some visuals like you, you call that video or you call that a blog. I don't know. We'll build on it. We'll build on it. We're just going to start somewhere. And I'll be honest and say it, I'm not really ready to, to, to dive in. I'm not really ready for this, but I've just been thinking about it for years. I used to run an internet radio station and I really enjoyed it. But this is the thing. This is it. This is a podcast. This is what I want to do. And I've been doing quick background, if you don't know who I am. My name is Mark. I am in a rock band called the Gyro Babies that the Evening Times called Baffling Ned Punk. It's not a great description, but it's the best I've found yet. I'm also in another hip-hop experimental weird thing called Jackal Trades and I've just generally been involved in putting on gigs uh, booking festivals just doing spoken word generally just doing a bit of this and that for the last this nearly a decade now so hopefully there is some sort of advice I can pass on even if it is, don't do that. Anyway, I'm repeating myself. I'm just going to go to some questions because we asked the internet and their patrons if they had any questions that they would like answered. So this is like, we'll call this segment Big Daft Question Mark or something like that. So the first one. There might be some inside jokes here, by the way. I'm noticing one straight away. So the first one is when is the next Jock and Doris? Now, that's from Nicky Bonney from the beautiful Isle of Arran, which is where we did have the Jock and Doris Festival, which ran for two or three years and was absolutely amazing. There was a bit of drama involved that ended up in the newspapers and stuff. So we had a wee break so I don't want to go into that. That's a that's a podcast episode in its own right. That's a 
probably a fucking series of podcasts, that one. But Jock and Doris will be back. The the people that I put it on me have, have been having a baby and they've been dealing with that and their business and travelling and stuff like that. So it's not going to be this year. We might have a wee crew party this year, but we'll be back. Hopefully, hopefully, I would hope by 2020 we'll bring it back because everybody loved it that went. Well, most people, everyone bar one or two, um, and the locals seem to enjoy it. So we'll definitely be back on the LRN in 2020, and we might do a wee crew party over the summer at some point. Okay, what else we got here? Andrew McCrory, what's the recipe for the curry that's featured in a few of your vids? Well, well, Andrew, I think I know what you're talking about. I do make a good curry. I used to just make whatever I had and just didn't really think about it that much. But I decided to just focus in on one particular curry and that it was a... Um, the, the South Indian garlic chilli. And I just followed a few... It was the first time I'd ever really followed a recipe. My mum was always trying to give me a Jamie Oliver book and I, I hate Jamie Oliver. I hate, and I hate recipes. I think recipes is cheating. It's like reading the instruction manual when you're trying to build something. I'd rather just ruin it myself. But I did decide just to... to we'll try to figure it out. had a really good... Takeaway near us that did a good South Indian garlic chilli, and I was like, I want to make it with that. So I just started looking at lots of different recipes and sort of copying them, and I just finally got my own wee thing together. So it's just basically you get some some garlic, some chilies, uh, um, we get some mushrooms, onions, chicken, and your spices. You want you want some coriander, you want some chilli powder, you want some garam masala, you want some uh, paprika, you want that, I think it's like a, the one that begins with F, I don't know how to say it, you want a bit of that in it, you also want a wee splash of vinegar in there, maybe a wee bit of lean parings, or yeah, stuff like that, as you know, we'll do, we'll do this another time, we'll do this another time, I'm no, I'm no, I don't want to start a podcast with me trying to explain how I cook, but it is a good curry. Thanks for the question, Andrew. So, John McCrory, Andrew's brother, funnily enough. Aside from The Matrix, are there any other movies that you would recommend not seeing? There's loads. There is loads. This is probably a wee bit of an inside joke if you don't know who I am, but I've never seen The Matrix. Still haven't. Someone actually bought me The Matrix for my Christmas, but it was uh, it was in the wrong language. Never seen it. Don't know what happens. I think I've missed the boat on it. Um, there is one more Matrix question here, actually. Well, there's actually maybe a couple, but... Um, yeah, this is a spoiler alert question. I think he's trying to ruin it. Ben Heslin says, what did it... F- f- uh, this might be a wee bit of a spoiler if you've never seen The Matrix 20 years ago. I think 20 years is long enough to, to do a spoiler alert, in it? What did it feel like to hear Rage Against the Machine through a cinema sound system as Neo hung up the phone in the last scene of The Matrix? Once again, never seen it. Never seen The Matrix. We'll maybe do a, a special episode on me never seen The Matrix and all the other things that I've never seen. I'll, I'll pick out the best stuff that I've never seen and I'll really think about what is the best films and TV series that I've never seen and we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Okay, so... 
Craig Loud Craig Loudon also said, "Have you ever seen The Matrix?" There is a there's a theme here. Uh, Alexander, uh, there is a rapper called Barkwright from Perth from the Counterculture Collective. He says, "What comes to mind when I say your best moments in music?" Oh, that's a that's a tough question. I don't I don't really have an instant answer to that. I ju- I like the feeling of finishing an album. When you finish an album, it feels like you've done something. It feels like you've actually achieved a goal. I love that feeling. Only for a few minutes, and then you start shitting it. You know, once it starts going out there, if what if people don't like it, and you want, then you start thinking I could have made changes. But there's a, a very brief moment where the album's finished, and you feel you feel good about it, especially if you do a launch and it and it seems to go down well. The Who Took Utopia album launch was was very special at Stereo. The Jackal Trades album launch. At the Barras was amazing as well, but that was that was under a lot of pressure. And one of my band members pulled out a couple of days before it, so we had one rehearsal to train up three new band members. So that was that was quite a lot of pressure, but got through it. It was fine. It wasn't the best. It was it was fine. It was some buzz. It's always some buzz to play the Barras and played the Barras twice with the Gyro Babies. The first one. We were generally like just little kids or tourists. I don't know how to describe us, but we were just there. We we loved it. But I think the second one that we did for uh, Gyrolands, or, or some people call Jellolands, that was a special moment. It, it just felt like th- that band, they, all the band members had played together quite a lot over the years. And uh, it just felt like everything clicked, which is a minor miracle because they were all on their holidays until the day before the gig, so we ended up having to just had to just had to hope that everything would be okay. But it clicked. That was good. That was good. But I mean, you get it doesn't need to be all these these big fancy, you know, the big gigs. I just think there's a, there's a magic that happens when you're on stage and everyone just clicks. And that could be in a small venue, but if you're if you're talking from a band live point of view, it's just a nice moment where the crowd I seem to be into it. And your band members seem to be enjoying themselves, and that's fun. So there's there's been loads of them. I mean, it's so much, it's so much hard work uh, being in a band and try to keep it together and try to find days that everyone can make. But there's enough magical moments like that that just makes you not want to retire. It's kind of like I don't know, but for, not, it's not for everyone. Live music, but for me, it's a little bit like an addiction. Once you if you have a really shite gig, you can't you can't retire at that. You can't. You've got to keep going. You've got to make up for that shite gig. But if you've had a really good gig, you're obviously not going to quit then either. You want to you want to get more of that that feeling. Uh, yeah, check out Bart Wright by the way. He's he's got um, a new release out with a brilliant producer called Macapella who did our newest single. So check that out. Jamie McDermott says, why, Mark, why? I have no idea, Jamie. Basically, I think if you're talking about why am I doing a podcast, I don't know why I'm giving myself more work. But I don't think it's going to feel like work. I think the initial fear of getting things out there is going to be quite scary. And I think the the learning how to edit everything is going to be a pain in the ass just to get it good. I'm, I'm learning new software to do it and 
but I just I, I probably will have need some help over the the first few weeks. But the idea is, is I want to be completely independent in this this whole project. So that like the problem with having band members is is that you need to everyone needs to be able to do it. And I just want to be able to go and interview someone, edit it and upload it and just say there's a podcast, it's a better and not think about it too much. I just want it to I just want it to get 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 the stuff out there the way it is. So yeah, okay. Ian Grosser, when did you realise you had such an affinity with raffles. I love raffles. I have been using raffles at most of my gigs for many years. I think what's good about the raffles is you get you get an excitement. It, it captures the excitement. It captures the inner gambler in us all. I've never had a gambling issue, but there's something quite exciting about a quid. You put a quid on and you might win tickets to a gig or a, or a bottle of whiskey or, 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 a, or a bottle of anything. And I like the excitement of it. And also, if you're at the... If you're at the lower end of the, the music scene, the pond life of the music scene, which is where I usually am, although occasionally peek my head out above the, the water level, is that in order to get people out to gigs, you need to have low ticket prices. And in order to sometimes even pay the venue you need to think out the box you don't new bands don't always have merch so sometimes a raffle is a good way to either make money to pay the to pay for the the costs of running a gig or also it's a good thing to raise money for charity if that's what you're you're doing it for as well so more the raffles we will be having a raffle I think Ellen Jumps asked about the raffle. When is the raffle? We'll be having a raffle every month on the podcast, or maybe every week, probably every month. I don't think I can be bothered doing it every week. But everyone who's a patron that subscribes to the podcast and makes a donation, they'll go into the, the raffle and we'll give away some good prizes, I hope. I hope some excellent prizes. So, Che Woodman, what do you want to do that you haven't yet? And whatever it is, what's stopping you? Great question, Che. Shouts to Che, who's involved with doing the Rabbit Hole Festival this year. So, Che, that's a good question. I mean, I think I touched on it briefly earlier on when I'm saying it's usually time, money and fear. One of them or all three at the same time. And I think, you know, I've never had any funding or any grants or or anything like that, so it's really hard to to fund your projects, and you know you're not going to get banks aren't going to give you a loan. You don't want to take a loan off of shady people that ask where their money is, and you're, you're basically just stuck, especially at the start early on in your career. If you've not got that many fans, you you don't know if anyone's going to buy it, so you end up spending a lot of money to produce a piece of art that maybe nobody even gives a shit about. So I think that's the fear and the time that it takes. It's hard to just... It's expensive being alive these days. Never mind spending all your time creating a thing that might not even be any good. So I Time, money, fear, but is there anything in particular I'd want to do? Well, this podcast is one. So I'm hoping that 
by people subscribing that I, that can justify me spending that extra time it takes to, you know, write it, write down stuff and edit it well, travel places to meet people. So hopefully if people, obviously this is just me doing a, a one take rambling. So don't judge me on this episode, but hopefully we get it to a point that people do enjoy what's happening here and they will subscribe to a monthly donation, which I think is a fair way to do it. And, if you know, it's just only a couple of pounds a month, so if people want to support it, they can. And hopefully that will just take care of the podcast expenses and also free up more time and money and resources for me to do what I, I want to do as well. And that is just, if it was up to me, I would just be happy to do a podcast all day, write songs and release songs, and maybe once a year tour the, the songs. So... Yeah, I mean that that'd be that'd be ideal. That's all I really want right now. The the other things that maybe I'd like to get a festival back on the go with Jock and Doris. I'd like to do something like that again. Once again, time, money, fear, and I'd like to do a wee. I've been doing spoken word for years. I've never made a spoken word album or a spoken word poetry book. I've chatted to a couple of publishers about it, but I've never got round to doing that yet. But all that stuff's there, so I would just like to do it. And then maybe a real book, maybe a real book as well, rather than just a collection of stuff. And maybe the final thing is is script, script writing. I've always been into writing scripts when I was a wee, since I was a wee guy. I've never really been able to do much of that apart from I I do some I, I I sometimes do like daft comedy videos to promo gigs, which kind of ties in with the music promo stuff. So I suppose, I suppose that is a type of script writing. Although the last one that I did about the pub quiz, that wasn't even scripted. That was just me telling the truth about about how I like pub quizzes and how the last one or two pub quizzes turned out very controversial indeed, very controversial. And I don't even know if they're going to have me back or not. I don't even know. I may have to retire. If they don't invite me back, I might need to retire as a pub quiz host. But I, d- I did enjoy that. So, yeah. I suppose just about... All the things I want to do is just... Are, are basically what I'm doing just now, but it would just be good to have some financial security while you're doing that and having the space and the freedom to to just travel to somewhere warm to just... For, to write. That'd be good, wouldn't it? If you could just travel somewhere warm for the winter write, record and then just come back to Britain in the summer and just tour tour what you've came up with that'd be good but yeah that's it doesn't, doesn't work like that though does it maybe, maybe one day maybe one day Sarah Bonham Carter asks what's a podcast and why well I don't know I, I, don't, I like the idea of someone not knowing what a podcast is because for ages I remember going well, what, I, but what is it you know what is it and I, I find that a very reasonable question to ask for ages I didn't know what an app was when people said I've got apps in my phone I was like what what is an app I still don't know what an app is to be honest there's a lot of things I don't know I still don't understand how cameras even work that you can just point your phone or a camera of any kind and just capture a picture or live, you know, movement. 
the mind boggles. I, ju- I don't know. I don't know a lot of stuff. So hopefully we can get some guests in to explain it. I have asked experts before about that stuff and they don't know. What I can tell you about a podcast is it's kind of like this. So that's why it was called You Call That Radio because to, there's a lot of different ways to look at that sentence. I like sentences that have, have, have double meanings or triple meanings. So like right now, if we did more time, we, it would have been good for everyone to call in. Like call that radio. If you'd all called that radio... And, and just actually we had the crack. So we'll, we'll have, we'll definitely get the phone in on the go occasionally. And, you know, just that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I heard my dad say that as well. You call that radio, like, just saying it in a cheeky way. And I would like the idea of someone playing this to someone right now and then going, what, you call that radio? That's a load of shit. And then someone going, it's not a radio, it's a podcast. What's it called? Oh, you call that radio. So I don't, I think... Also, the, the definition, one more thing in that, the de- definition of a podcast is very vague because now you just get people doing video interviews and calling it a podcast, which I would always consider the a podcast to be an audio thing that you would download to your phone or, or listen on the move or your MP3 player or something. Maybe, you know, coming from the iPod thing, a broadcast in your iPod. I never really thought of it that way, but I think that's maybe where it comes from but whatever it is Sarah I hope you're listening and I hope you I hope you're enjoying the show Lily Lou uh, who's actually shouts to Lily Lou who's a a musician in a band called Elspace who are really good and they're playing Kelburn this year check them out she asks what is your usual songwriting process I don't that's a good question I've been asking all all my guests that I've been asking them what is... I'm really interested in other people's songwriting process. So I thought we'd have a better answer for you, but I've just always wrote lyrics. You know, just as as long as I can remember, even as a child, I would always write lyrics. I didn't really know why, but I just, I just did it. And then when I got to about 15, I thought I'd invented Scottish hip-hop because there wasn't really... Internet. Well, there was internet, but it was shy. Nobody, nobody was, nobody was using it when I stayed. Anyway, the, it was, you know, it was just it was rubbish. It was rubbish internet. So, I would, I didn't, and also I didn't tell anyone that I thought I'd invented Scottish hip hop, or that I wrote lyrics. You know, you can't, you can't say that where I'm from. You can't go, I'm a poet. <laughs> I think you can. No, I think it's, uh, poetry is quite cool these days. I think all the, the slam poetry in America has kind of <clears throat> made it cooler for young people and and even people from from you know challenging backgrounds to actually to embrace it a bit more. And and the same goes for hip hop as well. You know, Scottish rap is is a massive thing on a small scale, obviously in a niche way, but it, it's huge. It's, it's um, people don't have the same Scottish cringe that they did when um, well young people don't have the same Scottish cringe. They did when I was growing up. So I just kept all, all my words to myself. I just wrote all the time. It was just a therapy for me. It just felt very natural to do. Nobody knew I did it. I didn't really practice it out loud that much. I just I just did it. And I, I moved abroad and I still did it, but I never done anything with it. I think one of my friends found my lyrics once and I was absolutely mortified. I was so embarrassed that they were going to tell people that I was writing. <laughs> Uh, Jen up Jen up was, was terrified of the thought of it. I've still got friends 
who don't know that I'm in a band, because if I told them I was in a band, they would go, we jingle some kind of rock and roll star, you ain't your oasis or something. Because not, not everyone gets it. You know what I mean? Not everyone understands what it is. So, I, you, I just write the lyrics down. I always did that. And then I started a band with Hazy. And we just got, had a sing-star mic, plugged into an old PC, and Hazy would play the acoustic and I would just do my lyrics over the top and we would just upload these rough demos to MySpace. And we ended up getting quite a bit of hype. Mad Skill asked us to support them, so we got a drummer and a bass guitarist in. Martin Ewan joined in bass, then he found Claude, the drummer, and we just started... I just wanted to do one live show, and then obviously I got the bug. Then I wanted to do one CD, and then I just kept doing it. So it, throughout the different projects and collaborations, there's been different ways of doing it. You know, sometimes I would come up with a melody because I'm like haunted by melodies that I just wake up with tunes in my head. I'm not a gifted musician, so I would be either playing what I could, how I, how I was hearing it, and maybe on a keyboard, or I would just hum it. I'd hum the, the melody, or I'd sing my bit. And usually, if I was lucky, and I have been lucky, to have a talented musician next to me who would, who would turn that into an actual song. And then other times, you know, probably... A lot the the gyro, Who Took Utopia album that changed. I would say the first few songs were kind of jammed in the studio, and then it ended up being Robbie would just send me riffs. He would just send me the riffs over, and I would just write around it. But I think the, the real magic does happen in the in the rehearsal rooms where you can just you just come up with an idea, and it, it all comes together. It's a beautiful moment when something just clicks. And probably the last thing I'd say is maybe the, doing the Jackal Trades. I've done two Jackal Trades albums in the last couple of years and that's that's been really fun to do because you've just been getting all these amazing producers who, are, who have been sending me beats. Uh, sometimes we tailor-make them and work, you know, when I'm working with Gordy, he, he does tailor-make beats for me. Or sometimes he just gives me, a, he just says, a, a finished beat, there you go. And then we maybe just, you know, change the structure up, maybe add things, take things away, and yeah, just build it round that, so yeah, it's, uh, there's no right or wrong way, I just try and write lyrics as much as I can, and then when a good idea hits me, then then I feel like I'm a match fit, and I'm ready to, to write well and fast, so yeah, uh, cheers for that. Question, Dunk Stark says, do you miss the days of a truly secure pub quiz before the internet ruined everything? Absolutely. Do you know, right, I don't really want to mention the, the, the hotel involved because I'm still not sure if I'm still not sure if I'm invited back yet or not. But it's a hotel pub type thing. And I did a pub quiz for them. And uh, there was a there was a ended up being really busy then instead of only having like sixty people, it ended up being like 140 people. It was a still game themed pub quiz I get two days notice for it so but I did it because I love a pub quiz and th instead of having one room it was with a what is the mobile phone app that connects to the to the PA it was too many people so they did it over like three or four rooms and the, the app only worked in certain PAs some of it had a delay some people it was too loud for them some people it was too quiet for them 
And after getting off to a good start, I ended up, they, they, they turned on me, the crowd turned on me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't an easy shift. It definitely wasn't an easy shift. I couldn't see what they were doing. I was hiding by, I was behind a wee windy with um, my microphone plug, my microphone plugged in that kept feeding back. And I was just walking around the pub and there was no way to keep track of cheating. And I, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of cheating. There was people, at the end of it, one of my mates who was, who was, who who finished sixth or seventh or something, he said that he's seen people cheating. And I, I would not dispute that because everyone was getting nine out of 10. And some of the questions were fairly easy, but some of them were tricky. And yeah, I'm not going to go too much more into what happened at the end because, yeah, I, I basically barred a barred a barred a barred a bunch of cheats but I don't have the authority to bar people and I don't know if, if, if I'm barred now so we'll move on for that one but yeah I do miss the honesty I think I think it'd be good if I, if we could just you know normally when I can see the, the room when I, I'm saying it like I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran I've only done about four in my life but when I can see the room I can, I'm keeping an eye on people looking at their phones and there's nothing wrong with somebody just checking quickly looking at their phone for a, a message or something but yeah, if you can't keep an eye on them, then obviously everybody's going out and cheating. Yeah, bring back the old days. Or, or if, we, if people want to have a serious pub quiz, then everyone should just put hand their phone in at the beginning, like you're going to the, the burger, you know, was it Bergen in Berlin, where you put a sticker on it? I don't know. Yeah, no phones. I, I, I agree with no phones. I agree with no phones for certain gigs as well. You know, it's all right getting one photo of the band or maybe a quick video clip, but really, I, I hate seeing everyone's phones in the air for the full gig. It doesn't really happen as much in the in the sort of the underground of Glasgow, but I went to a NAS gig last year and that was that was really weird to see him come on stage to like two thousand mobile phones. It was quite odd. I mean it was quite cool looking as well, but I wouldn't want to see that every week. So um, Ben Wrong says, does it annoy you that some people think your addiction to quiz is funny? Also, some other people are saying the gyro babies are nothing more than a vehicle to increase your quiz world persona. P.S. Totally agree with doing a lifer if it means one less quiz cheat on the planet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, is it, there was a video, if you want to see what these are talking about, there was a video called, I don't know, it's on the gyro babies Facebook page where I, I, I basically exaggerated what happened. And maybe slightly exaggerated my love for pub quizzes, but do you know what? I remember going abroad once and looking at it like, you know, being a karaoke host or a pub quiz host in Tenerife, and I was like, oh, that must be terrible. And I was like, no, wait a minute, that must be absolutely brilliant. You know what I mean? You just, you, you get paid enough to just live in the sunshine, free beers, everyone's on holiday having a good time. There is much worse things than that, man, that, that is definitely a plan B parachute retirement plan. Definitely. Um, Lorna Love says, would you rather have terrible long-term memory or shocking short-term memory? Well, that's a tough question. Do you know, I've actually been dealing with a family member with dementia and, and so it's a very difficult one. My, my instant response is because of that is my instant gut instinct is to say I'd rather have terrible long-term memory and have good short-term memory kind of thing because obviously it's, it's quite 
it's, it's heartbreaking to watch someone who's who's suffering with short term memory. But I mean, it'd be it'd be maybe it'd be worse if you couldn't remember all the the good old days as well. And there is a beautiful moment when the good old days return. So yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather um, not have yeah. Ironically, I almost forgot what I was talking about there and that wasn't even a joke. Frank Quinn, how much of a challenge was it to play an acoustic gyro baby set for the first time? That Frank will be referring to the time we supported Chuck Mosley at Nice and Sleazy's. Do you know what? It wasn't much of a challenge at all, Frank. It wasn't. It was a lovely crowd and I was surprised at that, but everyone... It was a whole bunch of new people in, in the venue that day. It shouts to many for, for booking us. But it was a whole bunch of new people that day. And everyone was really nice, including Chuck uh, and his band. Everyone was lovely. And, you know, I think they, they, they bought the album and they bought T-shirts or whatever. So it, it wasn't... I mean, it was... We had um, we were very lucky. And you've got Robbie on guitar and you Gordy, who's a drummer, also on guitar... And they're just amazingly talented musicians. We also had uh, Sarah joined us and uh, and Joe joined us for a couple of songs as well. These are just they're just talented people. So it was you know I think I don't even know if we rehearsed it or anything. We know the songs and as long as the crowd's good, then these are good musicians. So they made me sound good. I I, I actually enjoyed it because I could hear myself more. I didn't have to shout as much. So I enjoyed it, and I think we've maybe done acoustic... I don't know if that was officially our first ever acoustic gig. I'm sure we've probably done it before, but not officially. Maybe as um, maybe open mic nights or like jams or like definitely house parties or round the festival campfire or something like that. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. And, and R.I.P. to Chuck, who's an absolute legend. It meant a lot for us, him wearing... You know, wearing the Who Took Utopia t-shirt and, and shouting us out and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, Lindsay McGee says, Mark, you're a pillar of the local music scene. A pillar? What? what uh, a pillar. You, Mark, you're a pillar of the local music scene and people trust your opinion. So who would you say was the best band? The Gyro Babies or Jackal Trades? Well, both have their flaws. I would say that, I mean, it's a, a tough one. <laughs> it's not really that tough, to be honest. I mean, I think that the Gyro Babies has proven... We've had so many bad gigs with the Gyro Babies, I'm not saying that we... But we've proven on our day the Gyros has rose to the challenge and played some really good gigs. I would say that. So, Jackal Trades... I think the best is yet to come for Jackal Trades... You know, the it, it was really good when Jess was on the synth and Martin was on the on the guitar, and I think that if I had that same lineup now, because I think I've improved as a as a hip hop vocalist rather than a rapper. I would say it's a vocalist I'm doing some sort of poetry, shouty talky rapping thing going on. I think that I've, I think that. If I got the right band around me with Jacko Trades, I think that it could be a better band than the Gyro Babies. But the proof is in the pudding. 
and Jack of Trades hasn't just hasn't really done it yet. You know, the Jack of Trades gigs have been fun, but it's a very very niche. I mean, it's it's a, it's a gyro babies are niche, and Jack of Trades is a side project of the gyro babies, so very niche indeed. But yeah, I'm going to concentrate on the gyros for the the summer, and then maybe bring back Jack of Trades in the winter thing. It's quite good that, by the way, having two projects like that. you can, you just work. It's exciting to go back to the gyros. We're going back to the, you know, playing, playing these gigs with the band, and it feels really good because it's I've not been, you know, it's not been consuming my my waking life, and it, it's just been I'm excited to go back and do the gyros, and then it'll, it'll be good to go back to jackal trades as well. So I do recommend having a side project of some sort. In fact, I would like another side project. I'd like another one. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, Mary Yaram says, "What which artist artist would you like to attend your gigs?" Uh, oh, I don't know. Do you know we we've been lucky. Uh, anybody that attends, it doesn't really. I don't really. Who you know? Who have we had watches that uses my have heard? There's Steve Mason for the Beta Band. It was an all-time hero of mine. He got us to support him, and obviously was in the crowd for that. That that was that was cool. Jake for Alabama Three called is the greatest rock and roll band in Scotland, which was cool. He's he's actually we interviewed him for the podcast, so hopefully we hear both of their guys on it. But who would I wish? Who would I wish would attend it? Just anyone, do you know? What I mean, anyone who likes who's got an open mind and likes the music. I, I don't really really care that much about who's in the crowd. Bill Murray, I'd like to see Bill Murray in the crowd, and he's the kind of guy that you can't sort of rule it out. Uh, what else we got? Uh, d- d- sorry, I think that's maybe the end of the questions. D- 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 I think that's uh, oh yeah, uh, Bestie and Cami have asked who took Utopia. So um, yeah, who took Utopia was an album we wrote. So they want to know who actually took Utopia. Now I can't really tell you that or spoil the the whole concept of the album. But if you listen to the album from start to finish, it's on Spotify and that, if you're not aware of the, the Gyro Babies, Who Took Utopia is the name of the album. And as it gets to the end, you know, if you listen to it all carefully, the answer's right in front of you. And I don't really want to give away too much because it gives away the whole point of the album. But listen to the album and get back to me. If you've got any theories, I'd love to hear them. And maybe I'll do a Who Took Utopia special podcast one day where we can actually... I did I did actually start writing a book for Who Took Utopia. There was going to be a book that was going to go alongside it. And then maybe, maybe the five-year anniversary or ten-year anniversary, maybe I'll release it then, where I can just give away all the answers. But, yeah, that's it. Also, I've got a question from uh, Eddie Quantrill. Are you still fear of Jim Gellerly? <laughs> uh, Eddie Quantrill is a wee wido on the internet who who caused a bit of a scene. Basically, I wasn't fear of Jim Gelty. I just just I, I disassociated myself from Eddie Quantrill because he was talking about how Jim Gelty's new video gave him cancer of the boss, some shite chat with that, and I was just like... And he, at that point, Eddie just remixed one of our tunes. So I was like, fuck Eddie Quantrill. And yeah, he's fuck all to do with me. I disowned him. I threw him under the bus, man. He's fuck all to do with me because ball cancer jokes, man. You fucking kidding me? So, uh, but hope you're well, Eddie. Hope you're well. 
So that's that's about it. That's all the questions I think. So I'm just going to be tweaking the format. So I hope that's a wee introduction. Don't be a stranger. You know, feel. F- I'm just going to be tweaking the format, trying stuff out. Just please stick with me till I figure it out. I think it's going to be good once we get going. I want your feedback. I want your questions. Let's turn this into a community. Let's get it all interactive and stuff. If you email, you call that radio at gmail.com. I will respond or will read out your questions or your suggestions, anything like that. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's it. If you want to if you want to support the my, all my creative endeavors and also put put your money towards this this whole thing that we're building here, this podcast, then. Just go to Patreon, so that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash you call that radio. And there's the there's different tiers. There's a the, for £2 a month, the Mince and Tatties tier. And a wee bit more, a tenner a month is the Cheeky Pizzas tier. Then there's £20 a month is the the posh pub three course pub lunch menu. And then for £100 a month, we can do the posh, I can't remember what it's called, but that's basically for anyone who's either really, really, really supportive of what I'm doing, or someone who wants to get their their business shouted out, maybe we'll work on doing some funny adverts for them or something like that, and there's a whole bunch of perks and benefits that I, I do promise to give everyone who donates some value, so the first a bunch of, of patrons uh, who I'll actually shout out is uh, Grain, Ian, Lindsay, Lorna, Lewis, Che, Ellen, Lexi and Mike. Lexi and Mike were the first ones. So that's the first 10 patrons. So all of them were straight away offered free tickets to the Mickey Nines Gyro Babies gig and offered a, a CD for the new Gyro Babies CD. Um, Dear Monday, which is available on Bandcamp. And we're just going to sort out, you know, discounted, discounts in the merch, free gig tickets, discounts. And if you want, you know, I, I do personalised poetry as well. So if you'd like me to write a poem for your, your partner or your family member or for a birthday or an anniversary or a wedding speech, I can write a poem for you. There's more information on that at poemmeapoem.com. So we'll give you discounts on that, nice framed poems or whatever. But we've got lots of friends that are, you know, working cafes, pubs, promoters, bands, and we're just going to be able to give you discounts or free shit for supporting what we are doing. So if you you're spoiling us with your with your with your donations, and I I will do my best to spoil you back. And yeah, it's mad that there's already people supporting it and that nothing's been released yet. So thank you so much, everyone, for doing that. Coming up. On the show next, we the episode's coming ahead. We've got the Reverend D. Wayne Love from Alabama Three. I got a chat with him. We have the the cat the cat flap to freedom, which is an episode I did with Gordy Duncan Jr. We're driving back from Perth on the day we recorded the new the new Gyro Baby single. We also have award winning poet Leila Josephine. We have American hip-hop legend Brother Ali, Scottish hip-hop legend Astronomic, 
We have Gasp in Physics. We have Lucy Lyrical. We have Victoria McNulty and um, Victoria McNulty and Abby Normal. We also have a We Are All Here Mental Health Special podcast where we spoke to the, the makers of the movie We Are All Here, which has been adapted for television called Too Young to Die, which is about um, a friend of ours in the hip-hop scene who was sadly taken away too young. Um, it, yeah, Lumo. So shout-outs to Lumo. So there's a lot of... You know, a lot of this is going to be daft, but we're going to delve into some mental health chats, some austerity chat. We're going to speak to some charity people. We're going to speak to some community people. We're going to speak to a lot of artists and a lot of people. And we want to hear you as well. So please do email you call that radio at gmail.com. Find the, the Facebook group. Let's get engaged. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. And uh, by now there should be another episode to listen to so go and check that out and hopefully I've got better sorry for rambling at you I'll ramble again at you again soon and hopefully I'll be a wee bit more comfortable do you know what this actually feels like do you know what this actually feels like the first time I ever recorded uh, <laughs> a real recording studio I went to record Backlash uh, for the Social Not Working EP at Elba Studios in the Hidden Lane and I remember I'd, I, I was last on, so I'd been drinking all day. This is stupid. That was stupid. I wouldn't do that now. But, uh, and then I went in and I gave it my heart and my soul and I just sang the song like from the heart. I just went for it. And I remember coming out of that studio booth, opening the door and looking at the faces of everyone. Who, it was a mixture of horror, confusion, bewilderment, baffledness. And I realised that I'd fucked it up big time. It was a, it was a, it was not a nice feeling, but at least I had that reaction. With this one, I'm just talking to no one, so please do a rate. Put give it. I think you can give it a five star rating or or whatever rating you think this is deserves. Give it a rating. Please hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends about it if you enjoyed it. Let's spread the word. And thank you very much for listening. And they had high hopes, but many were left with heartache. You call that radio? Nah, you call that radio. You can actually call that radio on a phone number. It's a real thing. You just phone, you call that radio on 07340 